another one. Wagner's rule of life number two: nothing good happens outside a strip club at two a.m. Okay, right. I stand by this. This is one of the first ones that we came up with. <laughs> yeah, like how serious he is talking about this strip club. Think about this. What good happens outside a strip club at two o'clock in the morning? Now there, and my producer Aaron is shaking his head. There's, there's nothing, nothing good. Go home, people. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, you could no, no, no. Go ahead. Pass. No. Try it. Try to Pass. argue it. Check swing. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. A little bit more on what we brought you in the top of the hour news here. President of Ukraine, Vladimir Zelensky, visiting Washington today. is looking to secure tens of billions of dollars in additional funding from the U.S. to sustain his country's fight against Russia. He's expected to meet with President Biden at the White House, as well as lobbies, members of Congress who need to pass that military aid package. It's hung up. How do you think it'll go? I mean, he's a fantastic public speaker. He makes his case for his people well, and he always broadens it out to the world. Uh, but there are more things at play than just that. National security spokesman for the U.S., John Kirby, lays out the day pretty succinctly. It's a chance for the president to get an update from President Zelensky about how things are going uh, on the battlefront, but also to make it very clear to President Zelensky and the Ukrainian people that we're going to continue to support them. So two things in what Kirby said there. It's not clear to the Ukrainian people that we're going to continue to support them. There is disagreement in this country, and we do everything publicly. So they're well aware that there is a battle on this. And then to his former point, an update from President Zelensky about how things are going on the battlefront. They're not going very well. Let's look at that first. Fascinating months-long investigation by the Washington Post revealed frustration on the part of Ukrainian military leaders that some of the very expensive war-fighting tools that they've been provided for by the West are ineffective without air support. Remember, the U.S. has stopped short of having U.S. fighters engaging in this battle directly, um, and we can debate the wisdom of that. But regardless, Ukraine is telling us their armored vehicles are being destroyed in the battlefield by Russian helicopters, drones, and artillery. And that came out in this extensive report by the Washington Post uh, just dropped last week. So there's legitimate debate over continuing to provide funding for war being waged in this way if we're going to do anything differently. But if you add air support, that changes everything. And no one seems to be saying that we should do that. So then what are we doing? Are we merely prolonging a conflict that cannot be won by Ukraine in this way? That's the nature of the debate. And then additionally, Republicans in the House continue to demand that air, uh, that any support for Ukraine would be tied to additional funding for U.S. border security. Vladimir Zelensky will visit the U.S. Capitol, where House Speaker Mike Johnson says he'll tell the Ukrainian president face-to-face why Republicans are holding up support for Ukraine's fight against Russia. So I'll explain to him that while we understand that, I've made my position very clear, literally since the day I was handed the gavel, that we have to take care of our border first. Johnson speaking at the Wall Street Journal's CEO Council event Monday evening. He did say he does not want to see Vladimir Putin prevail in Ukraine. Dave Packer, ABC News. Well, no one in America does, but what about those questions? Whether or not Congress can come to some sort of agreement on a larger package that gives Republicans one of the things that they're asking for. And then the the substance of the debate is what anymore are we doing continuing to aid a fight if it's just continuing to sustain a stalemate? Right. So that's the day ahead in Washington. President Zelensky making a personal appeal to President Biden and members of Congress for some $60 billion in continued U.S. aid. Sports next with Brandon on Wisconsin's Morning News. 
time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. Well, the saying all good things must come to an end range true today, and that includes a three-game Packer win streak as a wild fourth quarter ended with a walk-off 37-yard field goal by the Giants to secure the 24-22 win over the Packers on Monday night. The hold, the kick, the win for the Giants. Joe Buck with the call on ESPN as the Giants walk off the Packers there. And with the loss, Green Bay's win streak comes to an end, and they now fall below 500 to 6-7 and seven on their season. Obviously uh, extremely disappointed. I think our team learned a valuable lesson in terms of you don't play your best. It doesn't matter who you're playing, where you're playing, and when you're playing. You're not going to win the game. We lost the turnover battle. Weren't good enough in, in situational ball, third down red zone. Uh, we had plenty of opportunities. Give New York credit. They went out there. They played better than we did tonight. This game's about execution, and we didn't execute to the best of our ability. Quarterback Jordan Love finished the game completing 25 of his 39 passes for 218 yards, including one touchdown toss that gave them the lead with under two minutes late in the game, but earlier had two turnovers, something he has not done over the last three weeks. Uh, not good enough, you know. <clears throat> obviously not good enough to, to get the job done there at the end, and uh, obviously two costly turnovers hurt us a lot, so uh, just not good enough. Up next for the Packers will be a return back to Lambeau Field as they get ready to host the Tampa Bay Bucks on Sunday afternoon. From bad news to good news, though, the Milwaukee Bucks bounce back on Monday night, beating the Chicago Bulls in overtime by a final score of 133-129. to 129. Three days off coming into this one. Lillard takes the feed. He's going to take it in and flush it down with the right hand. That one was a long time coming. Dave Kane on the call right here on WTMJ as the Bucks with the win improved to 16-7 and on their season and then now are 11-1 and at home. Milwaukee has won 10 straight games at Pfizer Forum. I thought we were great. I thought we, we kept our poise. Uh, our spacing was better. You know, we had a couple of good practices the last uh, two days, and I thought we had great carryovers. I thought the way we started the game, the first half, we put up big numbers, and I thought uh, how we finished was very encouraging in overtime. So there's growth. Next up for the Bucks is another matchup with Indiana in Milwaukee on Wednesday. And lastly, over to baseball, some interesting news regarding Shohei Otani's historic contract with the L.A. Dodgers. It is officially official, but it does come with some unique agreements. Otani is deferring all but $2 million of his $70 million annual average salary until the contract's conclusion in 2034. So, Eric, what this means that he won't see $680 million until he's done playing. This is ridiculous. <laughs> I hate this. I, I can't believe the league is going to allow this to happen. He won't see that until 2034, interest-free. But I So mean, the Dodgers can now continue to freewheel and spend without having to deal with so any luxury So they're paying Otani, who's arguably the best player in baseball in the last that, handful of years, $2 million a year. That's ridiculous. That, and, that can't be a lot. I can't believe the league is cool with in this. In comparison, Jackson Shurio will make more money this year than Shohei Otani. That's a the, joke. The AL MVP. Joke. So... The rich are going to get richer, unfortunately, in Los Angeles. And what's the thinking? Like years down the road, the salary cap will be larger. Well, there's no salary cap in baseball. Those those problems, but like right, the luxury tax and whatever, and they'll just pay it out, and they'll just mortgage. So what they're they're doing now is two things: they're creating more, you know, more money to to bring in more talent. Josh Hader's actually meeting with the with the Dodgers later this week, Um, and then they're they're creating, uh, you know, a, a way to bring in more free agents, and then. Sign more the players. mother of all loopholes and keep, has been and keep, discovered. And keep bringing it. Yep. Six nineteen on Wisconsin's morning news. Mama said there'll be days like this.
Tuesday morning, just weeks away from wondering what am I going to do with the kids now that they're home on winter break. That time between Christmas and New Year's can kind of leave you searching for something to get out and do. I mean, you open the presents, righty? You have the, the kids enjoy those for a couple of days, and then... Now what? <laughs> I'm bored. Callie <laughs> Herbst is founder and editor of Milwaukee with Kids. MKEwithkids.com is where you find them. Are you a holiday stressor, Callie? I certainly am. But, uh, you know, how are you managing that? Because a lot falls on moms, right? You're the one who gets the gifts for the kids. Yes. Well, we kind of split it. No, we, we do. We split it, but uh, we have a spreadsheet, you know, you gotta, yeah, of course you do. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, I wouldn't, I think at this point, like I've done enough of them and my kids are at an age where I don't know, I, I feel like the stress hasn't been as bad in the last couple of years, but certainly it's a, it's a busy time of year. You know, I mean, before winter break comes, it's, there's just so much going on, but I think winter break is a nice time for people to just finally decompress you know, but like spend some more stress-free time as a family together doing stuff you want to do. You know, something that we've done in my family, and my, my parents did it with us as kids. They just resolved many years ago when we were young, New Year's Eve was going to be a family thing. So they weren't going to go out and do their thing. We were going to do something together as a family. And whether it was staying in-house and having a nice dinner and playing some games or getting out and doing things, I know you always have some really good suggestions for family-friendly events that occur on New Year's Eve day. Oh, yes. I love that tradition, actually, just spending it together. Um, And even if you want to go out at night, there are a lot of fun things to do with your kids during the day around town. I mean, really fun. Like Betty Brin is doing a New Year's Eve um, DJ party. I mean, DJ Shauna is DJing this party at Betty Brin. It'll be like a ball drop and, you know, DIY hats and noisemakers and I mean, it's going to be a cool, I mean, I, I think adults like DJ Shauna too. Right. So that right. sounds like a really, really fun event. Um, the same kind of thing happening at Bavarian Beer House in Glendale. Really cool, like kid family focused DJ bubbles, you know, face painting, cotton candy spinning. Um, just a really fun party happening there too. Um, but a couple of really interesting things happening that are like musical shows. Um, there's a Back to the Future film with the full orchestra playing at the Bradley Symphony Center. So if you have older kids who might be interested in this, it sounds really, really cool. If you've raised them right and had them watch the classics, <laughs> yes, right, indeed. Yes. I know you love the zoo, right. Callie, and they always have some stuff going on over winter break. Great opportunity to get out to the zoo when the crowds aren't big. And Are there things to see at the zoo this time of year? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the, you know, the animals in their winter habitats, obviously all their indoor exhibits, but the thing that's happening there that they do every winter break, it's called Frosty Free Week. So it's free admission throughout that week after Christmas through New Year's. So it's a great thing to do during winter break, especially if it's more mild. And even if it is cold, like I said, they have their indoor exhibits and it's fun to see the animals kind of, you know, dealing with what, well, wondering if we'll have snow, I'm not sure, but, um, the other thing that's nice during that week after Christmas is if you miss any of the holiday lights displays or things like that, it's kind of a nice time to go because the crowds aren't as big. And so a lot of those shows go past New Year's, some of these really dazzling light displays. So it's a good time of year to do that, too. Can't always do something. You know, mom and dad can't always be responsible for providing the entertainment. I want, Do you have a go-to answer when the kids come to you and just go, I'm bored? Because every oh parent God, gets absolutely. that. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I, my thing is I never give them something to do on the first, like, 10 times that they ask. It's like that's when the beauty happens when they just find something else <laughs> yes. to do. But 
we actually do have like a whole article about like a hundred things to send your kids to go off and do when they say they're bored, you know, fort making, you know, cookies, coloring, drawing, you know, good YouTube channels that uh, has really good teaching about how to draw certain things or origami or magic tricks. Um, so yeah, for sure. Cause winter break is filled with lots of, lots of good boredom. <laughs> well, hope it's a great holiday season for Absolutely. you and your family. Appreciate you, Kelly. All right. Bye guys. Kelly Herbst is founder and editor of Milwaukee with kids. You find them at mkewithkids.com. So the Packers now have a short week to prepare for the Buccaneers. Brandon Snide has sports coming up at 645. The most stressful jobs across the country. So this is data from the Occupational Information Network. So they do some different rankings. They come up with an algorithm and then they come up with the most stressful jobs. Are you ready? Okay. Why do you want me to take a shot first? Uh, what would you? Well, I got well, five. Top five. Uh, yeah. Throw me in. Okay. Th- air traffic controller has to be in there. Medical field stuff, maybe nursing. Okay. Okay, there are two. Um, I mean, they don't put the president in there, right? That goes without nope, saying. No, that's not in there either. Number five is phone operator. Phone Who's operators. a phone operator? <laughs> we don't have operators anymore. It's AI, right? Operator, connect me with the police. They right can away. handle emergency calls, help children or people with physical disabilities. Okay, well, that's 911 operator. Emergency okay, yeah. operator. Of course. They, they don't get paid very much. Uh, number four is judges. They have to sentence defendants, determine liability of defendants in civil cases, deal with wedding ceremonies, deal with divorces. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Number three, anesthesiologist assistants. They got to put up with the arrogance of the anesthesiologist. (laughs) (laughs) I hold hold these lives in my hands. Uh, Number two confuses me, film and video editors. Film and video editors. deadline, man. I guess so. Film, video, or other media, this position, which includes jobs in TV, news editing roles, may work with producers or directors to organize images and soundtracks for final production. What was that broadcast news movie where yeah. the lady was like running through the halls with the video That's tape? right. I've done that. It's a great scene. See? I've literally done that. And number one, most stressful job across the country is a urologist. What? Hmm. Urologists specialize in conditions affecting the urinary tract, of course. Also deal with diseases that affect the reproductive system and have to deal with men all the time. Well, if you don't do it right, this could be a very bad thing. Who came up with this list? Uh, This was the Occupational Information Network, which is part of the Department of Labor. How is ATC not on there? (laughs) I don't know. Once a week we have a story about how these guys are overworked and whatever, and they're falling asleep uh, number six is acute care nurses, though. See, so that, right, that makes sense. In the neighborhood on that. And I'm looking, number, top 10 has nurses and anesthesiologists working in there and different things, but nothing on uh, air traffic controllers. Oof. Maybe they just, they go without saying? Maybe they just kind of assume. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> Needed something something for you all to debate. Right? <laughs> yes, that's why they do it. 20 to 7, Wisconsin's Morning News. Now, more 100% USDA-approved prime conversation with Jeff Wagner. <laughs> That's a great liner. I'm not sure what that means. USDA-approved prime. <laughs> it's the meat, Eric. Exercising the freedom of expression. Okay, that one's not bad. He's all talk and proud of it. That one doesn't make any sense to me. So you get it? It's a talk show. Yeah, but so he's all talk. He's all talk, and he's proud that he's. That just comes. That's kind of like a backhanded. He's all talk and proud of it. See, that's, Jeff Wagner. That's the funny. Okay. T minus four days on the Jeff Wagner show. <laughs> four more shows to go. Yes. And Jeff sails off into retirement. Yeah. So uh, you know how he always has the Wagner rule of life. Rules of life. He uh, dropped a few. His final 
Wagner rules of life. Well, how many through. are there? There's some debate over this. I thought it was five, but you're telling me now it's he six. He did six like did he yesterday. I think over time he's like the Constitution, <laughs> a living, breathing document. Correct. You can have, you know, yeah. additions. Some of the uh, all-time favorites. Wagner's rule of life number four. Just because they make it in your size doesn't mean you should buy it. All right. Something to remember <laughs> this time four? of year. <laughs> uh, another one. Wagner's rule of life number two. Nothing good happens outside a strip club at 2 a.m. Okay, I stand by this. This is one of the first ones that we came up with. (laughs) Like how serious he is talking about this strip club. Think about this. What good happens outside a strip club at 2 o'clock in the morning? Now, my producer Aaron is shaking his head. There's there's nothing. Nothing good. Go home, people. All right, all right. Well, you could, no. No, no, go ahead. Pass, no. Try it, try to argue it. Check swing. Uh, and number I'm one. Out, I'm out on discussing what, what, might good, what good <laughs> yeah. might come no, up. please, yeah. No. Walk down No, thank you. Back to Wagner. Hole. Set down the shovel. Last one. Wagner's rule of life, number one. Life is tough, get a helmet. And Vitrano would have needed a helmet had he continued with his conversation. No kidding, right? Club one. All right, so what's does he have a theme for each day show, or is he, you know, like he's still going through and doing the yeah, show? No, he's he's still doing the show. I think the last day you'll see you'll hear some some different voices, perhaps have some different guests. But Wagner's Wagner doesn't want a big old celebration. That's why we have right. to do it here. We have to do the prime rib <laughs> USDA approved. Yes, thank you. That's what it was. Or one hundred percent USDA approved prime conversation. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. Jordan Love tossed a go-ahead touchdown with less than two minutes left in the game, but the Packers defense allowing the Giants to march down the field and kick a walk-off game winner, beating the Pack 24-22. With the loss, Green Bay now falls to 6-7 and seven on the season. The Milwaukee Bucks return home and bounce back to beat the Bulls in overtime, 133 to 129. With the win, the Bucks improving to 16 and 7, and will next face off with Indiana on Wednesday night. And lastly, the Packers lost, not the only one in the NFL on Monday night. The Titans come roaring back, down 14 with less than four minutes left to shock the Dolphins, winning 28 to 27. It's time for extra points, a sports opinion commentary on Wisconsin's morning news. Here's Brendan Snide. The 2023 Green Bay Packers have had more intriguing and downright odd moments during this season than I can ever recall, especially for a season that still has four weeks remaining in it. On Monday, you can add another chapter in the roller coaster season for Matt LaFleur and his team. Now, the easy thing to do here is to come tell all of you how Joe Barry should not return after those four weeks are concluded, but you already knew that. I'm not here to convince you of something that is the most obvious thing in Green Bay since sliced cheese. The defense, as of late, has played somewhat better, but overall still a unit that needs a new voice, a new leader. But with that being said, Monday night's loss to the Giants was the cherry on top for what I call a total team loss. You could point the finger in three different directions. Yes, the defense allowed a guy named Tommy DeVito to march up and down the field, but the special teams and offense did the defense absolutely no favors. Between the two units, three turnovers were caused, and the offense looked like it reverted back to the non-glory days of October when they couldn't figure out how to win a single game. Look, I totally get it. There isn't more that frustrates me than watching a Joe Barry-led unit allow a third-string quarterback to do as he pleases, but this is also not surprising. This has become the norm. What else did you really expect? The only difference is the offense has played better to cover up those defensive scars, but not this week. Jordan Love looked bad, just 
plain and simple. He was off from throw one all the way to throw 39. The offense was completely out of sync as a whole, and with the injuries that continue to pile up, I'd be more surprised if they returned to the juggernaut they were against teams like the Lions and the Chiefs. Yesterday, I discussed that this Packers team was up to the task of passing a test they hadn't seen yet, and by the looks of it, they weren't even close. So a setback for certain, but not a death blow to the young Packers' playoff hopes. They're Certainly a gut punch, though. Squarely in the hunt for a spot in the postseason, but yeah, that didn't feel right. Now in a short week, too, because you got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming to Green Bay on Sunday. Follows that sloppy loss to the Giants on Monday Night Football. Friend of the program, sports writer for the Milwaukee Journal, Sentinel Lori Nickel with us this morning. Appreciate you joining Eric and me on the pregame show last night, Lori. Fun to have you. That was fun, and also I was nervous between Bulaga and Tauscher, so thanks for that. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for that. Uh, You you just bring a different take. Always good to hear your voice. So, well, there are a host of reasons we probably could present as to why the Packers lost that game. It was sloppy in many regards. We have focused recently on the much-improved play of Packers quarterback Jordan Love. Monday night, he was outshined by Tommy Cutlets and Tommy Cutlets' agent, for for that matter. Not his best night. (laughs) Well, no, some of those high floaters, those throws that he's making, that can be problematic, especially in New York. I forgot to mention in the pregame, you know, uh, there were some wind gusts in New York, like of 20 miles an hour beforehand that he was able to test out, you know, before the game. So I don't know if that's a factor. That's something that he's probably going to have to work on in the offseason. I understand what he's trying to do there. He's trying to put some finesse and some touch on that ball, but in double coverage and stuff like that, that's that's problematic. I think he was the, there were how many, three turnovers or four that I know there were two lost fumbles and I can't remember if there was more than one interception. I'm starting to lose it, but you know, love, can I say this? If you want to survive this season, think of it like a journalist. You want to look at three things now with the Packers. You want to look at effort and they made the effort last night. They had a lot of guys out Two resilience. They did come back after turning the ball over. They did come back and score. So you are seeing resilience from these Packers and competitiveness. Um, You know, the schedule this year, they've had three one-point games. They've lost two. They've won one. And they've had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games this season by a score of four points or less, whether they won or lost. So So if you want to survive this season, these are your new benchmarks, not winning and losing, not talking about going deep in the playoffs like you did last night, Vinny. But to look at these Deep. three categories, my suggestion. I, you know, also I think it's a good reminder too for us, Lori, that um, you know what we're not going to see elite quarterback play every week. It's just it, the the number of quarterbacks that can do that are few and far between, and we just have to accept the fact that occasionally they're not going to be perfect. You know, Aaron Rodgers was crucified not only in 2008 when he took over as starter, but in 2010, he, the first half of the season, people were still criticizing about how he was so mechanical, yep. how he was supposedly stats-driven. And um, he was really upset about that. And what happened in the second half of that season, despite the fact that the Packers had a ton of injuries, they had so many injuries that the Packers didn't want to give everybody a chance at a a Super Bowl photo at the end, they went all the way. So, again, no predictions for this year, but, you know, looking for consistent elite play, 
I'm glad that this is kind of happening now because people can appreciate how incredible the player Aaron Rodgers was and his leadership ability and his perfectionism. That was special. That was really unique. And I don't, I don't think I'll see that again in my lifetime. Um, that's not a challenge. I'm just saying realistically in 34 years of covering sports, I don't know that I'll ever see that again. So, yes, you know, the, the stakes are going to happen. Um, circumstances are different. And, and Love also saw a lot of listening last night, and that will rattle a young guy too. Hey, I want to give you one uh, chance quick to talk about this guy because he's a fellow Tosa East graduate. Devin Harris, Wisconsin oh, yeah. Badger, former superstar in the NBA, Exceeded expectations at every level that guy played basketball. He's going to graduate from UW on Saturday. And if he went to Tosa West, we wouldn't even care, would we? I might not even mention. <laughs> no, that's awful. Um, what a cool story. Devin Harris is 40 years old. And after the pandemic and after he retired from the NBA, the only thing he didn't achieve was getting his degree. And he's like, all right, I'm going to go back and finished my sociology major and they're like now that was going to be 29 credits now it'll be 38 and Devin Harris was like no thanks I'm going to change my major which is smart so he's a history major now he loves Italian renaissance history he's gonna the 40 year old is going to be walking across the stage on Saturday at the Cole Center with all the graduates and the coolest part about this is that his father Terry who actually hired my father at Harnischweger P&H here in Milwaukee. They, I can't believe our dads knew each other. My dad knew his dad. Anyway, his father, when he was no longer working at Harnischweger P&H in Milwaukee, at the age of 48, he went back to school, and at the age of 50, he got his degree from Concordia in Mequon. So you're never too old. It's never too late. Go get that paper. The education is something you can never take away from you and that story is up on JS Online. It's a pretty cool story and was so motivated. If you want to check it out, that'd be awesome. Always love talking to you, Lori. Thanks much. Thank you, Lori. Good night. <laughs> yeah, indeed. <laughs>